When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Or fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, scores! Ray Bork. Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindland. Fired it down and Whitmore blew it. He bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over the Rossi gets loose and Bergeron scores. Patrice There are three ways you can support the show. We are available on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud.com, and on TheHockeyWriters.com, located in the podcast channel of the website. Now here's your hosts, Mark Allred and Rob Tomlin. Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome back for the 21st episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the Don Markard edition, and I'm Mark, and he's Rob. Rob, what's going on, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Excellent. Um... I just got back from a really nice, nice little weekend getaway up in Rye, New Hampshire, with a beautiful, beautiful condo rental. So, I'm back and excited to talk Bruins hockey with you today. Oh yeah, definitely. At least there's a bit more news this week than there was. Yeah, a little bit more. Last few weeks. A little bit more interesting, absolutely. Um. Uh, real, real quick, I just wanted to mention that uh, on uh, Monday. Last week, I was on the Scuttlepuck NHL Hockey Podcast, and that was a great time talking to um, uh, Pete Wood and Mike Bond. Uh, they do a really good job over there, and I highly recommend them. And we've talked to Bruins Hockey, and of course, I had to give my boy uh, Rob Tomlin some some, uh, some good words on the podcast. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. But uh, a little bit of Bruins news. Um the uh, Prospect Challenge is back for year number two at the Harbor Center in Buffalo uh, from the dates of September 16th to the 19th. Uh, that should be uh, some more exciting prospect stuff. Uh, did you have any chance to watch any of the action last year, Rob? Uh, no, I didn't because over here we don't really get the NHL network 
that that well anyway. It's always like a really bad stream for it. So right, I, I didn't get it last year, but this year I'm I'm determined to find it somewhere and watch it anywhere I can. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, they they play against um, I believe it's Buffalo and the Devils, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that'd be good. And from um, what we've seen from the uh, the past uh, evaluation camps for the the juniors that are prepping for the world uh, the world juniors in um, December, uh, Charlie McAvoy, Trent Frederick, Ryan Lindgren, the USA players, Canada was Jeremy Lawson and Zach Sinishin and from Sweden was Oscar Steen uh, did you get any chance to watch any of those games uh, I, I watched highlights of them yeah um, I did the same thing because it, it's it ran in right into my work schedule except for uh, yesterday's game which I was unfortunately didn't wasn't able to watch which I heard was the best of the week yeah yeah it, they've all they've all been good games there's no like I haven't seen any that have been a bit boring or anything, so uh, it's good because there's hockey on. That's yeah, the main thing. Exactly. It's been too long without hockey, so it's good that stuff's starting to get going now, and we're seeing a lot more. So it's always good. Yeah, I like the fact is that uh, towards the end of this month, the uh, this junior hockey that's going to be on with some preseason games from the uh, Ontario Hockey League, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, and the Western Hockey League. Yeah. So, everything's starting to get... Oh, plus, plus the KHL is starting up, too. Well, yeah, of course. Speaking of KHL, real quick, are you excited? For the London franchise? Yeah. Yeah, I, I really am. Now, how, how far is that from you? Uh, 300 miles. Really? Yeah, so it it'll it be a day out going all the way down there, but I definitely I'd make the trips down and watch. That's awesome. It's it, it we don't have anything that compares to the NHL, the AHL, nothing like that in England. Uh, it's a lot of goons and uh, players who think they're really good until they get to the uh, get to like Canada or anything, but. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Do you think there's going to be a big fan base for it? I do, because you're going to have the whole of England, like all the hockey supporters in England are going to love it. Like, it, I think it will it will get packed out pretty much every game. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, and with it being London as well, there's so many nationalities in London that it, we've got a lot of Polish people in England and like a lot of European people so yep. they're going to love it yeah I so. just I like the growth of hockey worldwide it doesn't matter if it's been there for a while or um, <laughs> it's an up, up and coming like China in the KHL I believe is starting yeah. this year I mean it's, it's yeah. all really good for the uh, other countries uh, to get interest not only revenue yeah because it's it's hard to push something in a country like ours that isn't the normal thing like we have football, like well, you call it soccer, right? But that's that's our national sport, and then we have like cricket and stuff like that. And when you start watching hockey, you can't go back to one of them sports because it's it's too slow. 
but there's not enough action for it to keep you entertained anymore. And uh, I know when I started watching hockey, there was no way of going back to watch football or anything like that. So I think the Americans do a really good job of pushing sports like out as far as they can and they, they get people into it and you're involved in every sport through school, really. Mm-hmm. Yep. So whereas over here, you know, like sports isn't a really a major thing at school and it's not not really a major thing at universities so I think it's going to get a lot better and we're starting to see like university based teams in England who and people are getting into that so it's getting a lot better it's never going to be like America or Canada like I'm never going to have like a national league that's great but at the same time it's it's something a bit exciting and you can go for a day out go to a KHL game it's always good nice well getting back to uh, some Bruins talk um, Thursday of last week uh, the Bruins named Jay Leach and Trent Whit- uh, Whitfield uh, to assistant coach to go behind uh, Kevin Dean who was uh, named coach I believe two weeks ago or a week and a half ago um, uh, int- uh, both interesting to me for just for the fact is that the the upcoming defensive core that's coming through the devent, the developmental system, um, uh, Jay Leach is a, a former uh, captain of the Providence Bruins. He was a defenseman, and uh, Kevin Dean, the new head coach, is also a defenseman. Uh, did not, I don't, don't believe he played in Providence. Yeah, I think he did. Um, but he was a uh, the assistant coach to David Cassidy for the past five or six years. So here's my thing. You got a, a head coach that's defensive minded, and you have an assistant coach that's defensive minded, and you got Trent Winfield, which is all obviously their forward guy that's going to um, help out. But with the core coming up, do you see a, a an urge, a need to um, to properly develop uh, for the next generation of NHL players? Yeah, it, it's got to be done. We. We have so much depth at forward, and I know at, at times it doesn't look like it when we've had injuries, but we do have depth at forward. We have guys, especially now that we've been doing more college-based signings for the AHL with guys like Zarnik and Petrano, um, you, you're starting to see that the need for the Bruins is and always will be defence, because the way our system works is we play out from the defense we're not we're not a great skilled forward team that can handle the puck everywhere we're more of a dump and chase bruise bodies on the boards type team and you need a good defense to be able to do that you need guys who can pinch down the boards and all that stuff so coming through the system now with the guys that we've got in the next two or three years, you're going to see an entire decor arrive in Providence with the guys that we've signed through the draft. So you, you're going to start to see guys who are older either making it to the Bruins for now and staying there or they're going to be shipped out and just to make space for these new guys. And they've got to learn quick because some guys can take the time, like... There's guys like Zaboral that I see being a guy who'll be in the AHL for a while. Kind of like a moral type 
guy who's going to need some time down there and he's going to need time to develop. But at the same time, you got guys like McAvoy and guys like uh, Lindgren and everyone who, to me, like the guys that could probably come into Providence for half a season and then progress to the NHL and become a bottom pairing guy. So we got desperate need for it. So the way that they've done it, I, I've got to applaud them because I think that's one of the best ways of going about it now. They're, All right, let me ask you. on the fly through everything. Oh, yeah. So. Um, so, so with that being said, all right, um, you're talking about McAvoy and Lindgren. Let's just let's focus on those two because they are committed to uh, McAvoy is committed to Boston University, <clears throat> and Ryan is also committed to NCAA. And I, I, I want to say it's Wisconsin. I know I'm probably wrong. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Oh, I got it right in front of me. Hang on a second, Ryan Lindgren. Uh, he's from. No, I just got him at the under eighteen U.S. national team, but I know he's going to college. Yeah. All right. So, do you think it's proper for them to commit to their full four years of education first and get that experience in the NCAA, or if they feel like it and they think they're ready to make that jump into pro hockey and leave school? And what, what, I mean, in your eyes, what benefits them through you? Well. We've seen guys like that have done that time in the NCAA and they've they've took the time to get to the pro level. But there's also guys like you you watch a guy like McAvoy and you can tell his life revolves around hockey. So you could see him make the jump in a couple of years when he's done like his minors and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to call it 100% saying that they are going to come up in the next two years, but we also don't know what moves are going to be made over the next couple of years, whether they're going to fill Providence with guys who can right. kind of play now. There's a lot of intangibles, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, so I think if we're able to fill the depth that we need without these guys coming from college, I'm happy with it. Leave them there. Let mm -hmm. them progress. Because... You've seen guys that have come through from you, uh, university and college now, and like guys like Frank Vetrano, he stepped pretty much straight into the uh, NHL. Right. So there's the bonus of leaving them there, but there's also the bonus of getting them sooner. Because to me, a guy like McAvoy could make an impact impact this season. Right. But at the same time, you've got to allow him to do what he needs to do. So, we we got guys coming up. We got guys coming from juniors. I don't think there's any rush to do this, but at the same time, it's up to the kids if they feel like they're ready to go. Then let them come. And and I, I know uh, McAvoy and Lindgren are pretty. I mean, they're they're separate from the two players that I I've seen uh, progress through the NCAA college ranks, um, like uh, Matt Grizzlick or uh, Rob Ogara. Yeah. You know, they, they fulfilled their, their commitments to their schools. I, I applaud them for that. But, um, you know, they weren't they weren't one and two like McAvoy and Lindgren. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm not I don't have the information in front of me, but you know, it's uh it was a lot higher. But yeah. um, you know 
those players are going to play key roles down in Providence next season, and I'm, I'm excited to see that. But uh, I, I, I'm just a, I'm a develop first. You know, let's not rush on the first thing that you see. You know, I'm excited to see it, but I, I just I just want a slow progression on certain things because I, I've seen disasters happen, not just on the Bruins, but other teams that that they they really think that they have something special. But when they make that transition into the NHL, it's a real disaster. Yeah. Uh, like the, like I, one I name I think of is Brandon Bochensky. That was just a nightmare. I mean, giving up on Chris uh, uh, for Stieg, pretty yeah. tough. Well, there's, there's plenty of them kids that no one's going to know their names because they came, played 10 games at the NHL level and then couldn't even hack it at the AHL. So... It's always going to happen, and it's a risk taking them so early in the draft. But if we didn't take them, they were going to be gone. Right. So it's like with everyone saying, why take Trent Frederick so high? They probably knew that another team was after him. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com pick just for the sake of picking pick the guy you want and the guy that you've scouted and you know what he's like and you know you know what he's going to become yep. don't just pick someone that you don't have a clue about so and um, while I was at the uh, the 2016 uh, Bruins development camp in Wilmington Mass um, you know not only did I read from from uh, you know top writers in the Boston area but I was also I also asked a couple of questions from some of the people that were around and and ask them if it was true about the um, let's draft by position, and yeah. the, like this year was draft by position, and then next year I think the plan is going to be draft like who's best available because the the the, the prospects that uh, pool has just gotten so it, it's yeah. it's good to see now you know what I mean? Well, with the best thing that they did is when they traded guys like. Uh, who did uh, when we traded Lucic away, we we got Colin Miller, and then when we traded, oh what's his name, the goaltender. Uh-oh. I can't even think now. Uh, the guy that we sent to San Jose anyway, I always forget his name. Oh, his Martin Jones. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I, I forgot he was a Bruin for like three days. Yeah, I don't think it was even three days. I think it was more like a a day. Let's just say a cup of coffee. (laughs) Yeah, so when we traded in, we got Sean Curley, who looks like a really good prospect. But to me, with Curley, he's he's been he's a I believe he's an O ten draft pick. Yeah, so he's. I don't think he's in Providence next season. I think it's the year after. I think he's got one more year at college. Miami, Ohio, NCAA. Yeah. So, but again, you you train these guys away, and you get guys who, unless you're a fan of that team, you don't know that prospect. That's what I like about it. Like, not a lot of people have heard of Colin Miller. And then, I, I know you had because obviously you'd watched a lot of the uh, Monarchs yep. games. Yep. Yep. So you know you knew exactly what we were getting, but the thing is, as Bruins fans, as any fan of hockey, when you get a new player like that, 
you you automatically think they're, they're going to be great. They're like they've got to be amazing, or else we wouldn't have got them. But yep. you got to wait and see. Like Colin Miller, I get why they dropped him down to Providence last season. Like I get the reason for it, and he was making a few bad plays. But at the same time, we should have let him play as a seventh <laughs> defenseman. Right. So. I can see they wanted to give him more game time and he did get like top pair minutes down in Providence some games and then other games he was top four. But I'd rather have him with the Bruins and we will do this season because he's just got that new contract. So I think we've got to see the same later on. When guys step up, if guys like Agara or Grizzly step up, we need to see them brought to the NHL to see how they how they can handle themselves while they're on such a good like period of hockey. Yeah, but in my opinion, I'm just tailing off on what you're saying is, but don't give up on them. Now, yeah. I understand I understand that Kokolchov was not the sexy name in in the Bruins organization with the things that he said and blah blah blah, but you know, the kid did come up. He plays a decent game down in the NHL. He had his chances, but didn't, wasn't able to get any consistency to really show the organization of where he's what role he's going to play in the future. I don't want to. I don't want to see that mentality in the past with these kids coming up now. You've got to give him the chance. But with Kovalev, you saw one, two game spurts. He never saw like. I don't think he ever had like a ten game stint in the NHL. No, I I think he played eleven game, eleven NHL games in his three year entry level deal. Yeah, so over three years it was split to eleven games. Yeah. yeah. So you you need to be giving these guys more time. Like you can't just you can't look at a guy for eleven games and go no, no, not worth it. So we we've lost out on him, but we've got to be more precious with the guys that we've got now. Because if we lose out on more guys and they end up going somewhere else and being a hell of a lot better than we thought they were, it's just fuel for the fan base, isn't it? It, it? Everyone calling for Sweeney's head after every little thing that he does wrong, it's just fueling it. Every time that someone makes a mistake that one person doesn't like, it fuels it. So you can never make everyone happy, but at the same time, you you got to try and make this te- team progress. It's got to get better. Oh, absolutely. So, but like I've been saying, I've been preaching this all along. The last two years, everyone says is abysmal and a joke and all this stuff. We didn't finish last. We missed out by a point both seasons. So it's it's not terrible. Like our team isn't terrible at all. We just missed out by a point. And we also missed out because they changed the rule. So we could have been a playoff team. I'm not going to say we were going to win the cup, but right. we would have been a playoff team. So I'm happy with what we've got at the moment, but it does have to get better. But if you look down the pipeline of the prospects we've got, it's, it can only get better. Right. And, and I, 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 I believe that this team right now, on paper, on this off season, without any moves... Is is just uh, it's going to be a competitive team, maybe a first round entrance. Yeah. 
But so, I, I'm not going to say, oh my God, David Backus is here. He has no Stanley Cup experience. Let's get him and, and ride that boat. And, uh, you know, we're going to do it this year. I'm not on that board. I'm not on that board for the next three to five years. Yeah. Because of the fact is that you said that that prospect pool is going to be pushing a lot of jobs, in oh, my yeah. opinion. And I, I I just see a lot of the... Uh, you know, most of the 2011 core that was in there for the Stanley Cup is, is filtering out. But, you know, this team's just going to get younger and more exciting, so... But the good thing is as well with with guys coming up, and if there is guys taking jobs, and they're taking jobs of guys who have long term contracts, we're going to be getting even more prospects because they've got to be traded. Yep. So you're only going to get either a pick or a player in return, and they're not going to get if if a guy takes over a job, and we trade, for example, this isn't going to happen, but for example, a guy like Austin Zarnik. If Ryan Spooner can push to be a second line centre and Austin Zarnick proves that he can be a third liner, that's David Krejci gone. He's yeah. got term on his contract, he's got money, you you lose cap space and there is no way that they will trade him for an NHL player. They'll trade him for picks right. and prospects. Unless it's unless it's to add to the defence, but everyone's saying add Add these twenty-four-year-olds and twenty-five-year-olds to the decor now. Why, when you've got guys in the prospect pool that are going to be there in the next three to four years, right? And then you've got to deal with a guy who's thirty years old on a stupid contract, and we can't we can't play our prospects because he has to have that job. Exactly, exactly. Which I mean, in my opinion, always gets that that you're hindering the progression of certain prospects because the fact is that you wanted to go out and try to do the let's win now and pick up a guy like you know I, I mean I just want to go here for a second like yeah. the Jimmy VC thing I swear yeah. to God honestly it's just really bothering me that they're it, everybody's waiting but I, I believe that if VC goes to Chicago or Buffalo the Bruins are going to immediately sign a player like Chris Russell Oh God! Don't, don't see, but and the, but believe in him because he they think that he can be that guy that's gonna. But we already have. I mean, in my opinion, the five or six people uh, players on defense that are coming back that haven't done anything in the past two years. You're not gonna change anything when you add another player like a Russell or anything like that. You can't put your hopes on, and uh, an exceptional season on on that. You need to make changes. Just the way I see it, play with the defense core we have now. Because Kevin Miller, when paired with Chara, was great. He he really was. Uh, people are going to laugh at me for saying that, but he was a really good defenseman when he was paired with Chara. Yeah, I agree. Because because Chara is the type of guy who he he'll use his stick more than his body because of such a long reach. Yep. Whereas a guy like Kevin Miller then could do what he does best and use his body. Because he had Chara backing him up. Whereas when you have a guy like Kevin Miller with a guy like Adam McQuaid, you've got two guys who just want to play the body mm -hmm. and and there's no guy backing them up because they're both going for the same hit. Yep. So that that's why you've got to match these guys up with the correct guys. And I've seen a lot of people putting up um, like, oh, this is my defence core for next season with the Boston Bruins. And they're saying... Colin Miller's going to be the top two guy with Chara. Oh, 
That's a tough it, one. No, put him. I I would put him on the bottom pairing. I would I would put Kevin Miller with Chara. I would put Adam McQuaid with Tory Crew, and then I would put Colin Miller with John Michael Files. Make well, him make him earn top two minutes. Don't just stick him in there like we've done with players in the past. Right. I, I, I have to agree with you. That's that yeah. that you that is absolutely perfect what you just said because I like the fact is that you have a defenseman that plays the body which is a little slower, but you also have a partner that can easily you can get the puck to and skate it out and make a great transition. Exactly. You don't want two players that just play the body and have absolutely horrendous possession numbers together on the same line. Yeah, it just that drives me nuts, and I have seen it. In, a, in the past couple of seasons, but you know it's not a steady pair. It's more of a less. Uh, let's see if this works. Well, you go around, you go around the league, and you look at pairings for other teams, and you've got like the the Sharks had a really good example of this this season. They had Brent Burns, who is one of the best transitional players you'll see. And for a big guy, that surprises me. Yeah, and the guy can play forward. He's yeah. like Dustin Bufflin. He, he can played, play at the yeah, wing. He played yeah. the wing, yeah. But he, he's got such good transitional awareness that he can break the puck out from anywhere. Yeah. But then you had a guy like Mark Edward Vlasic, is yeah. his name. That's yeah. exactly, you got it. And he is a big guy, uses his body, uses his stick, but isn't that great a passer. So you got him, he takes the puck away, gives it to Brent Burns, Brent Burns breaks it out. So they know their jobs in that role. Right. And it's Vlasic gets the puck back, gives it to Burns, Burns breaks it out. So that's what you want with you with your top two. So you want a guy like Kevin Miller can go, use his body, get the puck back, give it to Chara, Chara can break it out. Right. So you you've got to build a team with the right players on the right line for the right job. You can't just oh I'm gonna we're going to draft just pure skill and we're going to have four lines of skill but no size to them no defensive awareness they're just going to go out there and score more goals than the other team it doesn't work Right. so uh, this is why I'm glad that they're picking guys in the draft for certain roles guys like Trent Frederick who's going to probably be probably be a great penalty killer in the future mm-hmm. if you've ever watched him for Team USA I could, I could actually see him play like and I, I, I'm not very good at comparisons but he really reminds me of a very 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 young Chris Kelly yeah and to me it's kind of a combined Chris Kelly and um, Soupy as well yeah okay so, because he, he can, can play hit the body, yeah, he can hit. Oh my God, can he hit? You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Right, yeah, like Campbell used to have. So, I, I'm just, I'm excited, and I know it's like five years away from being a reality that these guys are going to be on the Bruins, but. It's still it's exciting to see, and I'd rather see this than have a team now, but no future. Like it's all right wanting to win now, but if you're not building what what everyone calls a dynasty and having it for the next ten years 
being great, then there's no point in it. Yeah, you're not doing your job properly as an NHL franchise. Yeah, would you would you want to win like we did in 2011, one Stanley Cup, and then not win another one for ages, or would you want to win five Stanley Cups in a row? Right. I mean, I I understand where you're going, and I get I get it. But I, I, and me personally, I love the Stanley Cup. Yeah, it was my first one in 2011, and I'm very excited about that. But I want to see a team that drafts and organizes itself like the Detroit Red Wings and their 25-year consecutive playoffs. Yeah, exactly. You know, you don't have to win the Cup every year, but at least make the playoffs. Well, that's what I like about there's the Red Wings, Chicago doing it. Yeah. Like, everyone's doing it where they draft, they draft, by position and they look at guys that are going to be gone in a certain amount of years like like they did with they brought Panarin in and yep. then Dylan um, Larkin for the Red Wings yeah and then get guys who were older went out guys like yep. Patrick Sharp they didn't need him anymore so they traded yep. him away it's a constant and cycle it, <clears throat> yeah that's what we need we need when a player goes down we need a guy who can go straight in like when Chara leaves we've got no one Right now, that's going to fill them that role within the next two years. I don't think. So. So do you think? Uh, all right. Let me, uh, do you think that one of the prospects, um, uh, maybe uh, McAvoy or Carlo, are going to be pushed into that role, and will they be ready? No one's going to be ready. There, there's no way that anyone of our prospects is going to be ready for when Charlie's. See, now, I, I talk to a lot of people, and, and, and I'm not trying to profile or anything like that, but I understand that they don't get to see a lot of the stuff that we do. I stream a lot of games, I watch a lot of hockey games, and, you know, there's a lot of talk and a lot of conversation about these prospects that are driven just by stats that are available on the internet. Yeah, but also, a lot of people that have only seen highlights of them, they've only seen the good side of what they do. Yeah, you see, not, you see stuff that, the with the puck. You don't see yeah. the games when they're off the puck. Yeah, it's like, like I always go back to Zaboral. There's people see highlights of him and they say, "Oh my God, he's actually really good," and blah blah blah. But you also don't see the games where it looks like he can't be bothered. Yeah, and and a, and a like, couple of guys that I talked to in the St. John's area that they say that he's he 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 really works out well. During the off season, yeah. and he goes into a season with with high expectations, and he could have a one good year, but it always seems like the next year after that, he's just very unfocused. Yeah. So. so yeah. I, the only guy that I think I know who's going to come up from juniors and probably make an impact straight away in the NHL, and to me, it's Lawson. I think he has the transitional game now of being an NHL D-man. He needs to work on his defensive side of things, I think. But I think he is a guy that could step up and probably play, like, top four, top six minutes. Yeah, 6'2", 6'2", 193 pounds. He could bulk up a little bit more, but, you know, he's definitely got the hands and the vision. Yeah, but at the same time, he's not going to... Phil Chara's boots right. in the next two years. So I think we're probably going to make a free agent signing when Chara leaves for a guy who can fit in for like a year or two. Just to probably buy the in, time. Yeah, probably yeah. an older guy. 
Like, uh, who was it this season that went from Vancouver? What's his name? The defenseman. Oh, was it? Was it via trade? Was it Grabinson? No, he signed with uh, Dallas. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I don't remember either. That that's the that's the kind of guy that they're probably going to go out and get a guy who can play top two minutes, but is aging, just to fill the the gap between prospect coming in, basically. But at the same time, I could be proven wrong. We could trade trade one of our prospects for an NHL ready defenseman, but I, I hope they don't. Oh, anything could happen. Yeah, it. It's just strange with the Bruins right now because no one knows what's happening. No one knows like the like future plans. But at the same time, at any given moment, he could turn into Chirelli and just be like, "No, you're gone." So you want to see something? You want to hear something funny? Free agents, free agents for 2018 defensemen: yeah. Mike Green, Jason oh, Harrison. Jack Johnson, Mark Edward Vlasic, yeah, Cam Fowler, uh, and then it just goes down to pretty much, eh, not not much, but there's really not a big class for when he's available. When when Char is gone, yeah, and there is no way he signs a contract extension. Oh God, I hope not. There is no way that he says, "Oh yeah, I've got another two years left in me." No, no names mentioned, but I did talk to uh, uh, a Bruins reporter uh, from the New England area. Let's put it that way, and yeah. he blatantly told me that the Bruins were in discussion of re-signing him, and that was uh, last year. Oh God! And and it. since I and and that conversation got brought up again, and I was like, "Well, didn't you say?" And he's like, "Oh, I never said that." <laughs> it's so yeah, it is funny. I'll t- I'll tell you in the off-air show. Yeah, that is uh, that is just crazy. I know. I was just like, "Oh my god, you serious?" And you got NHL credentials. I can't believe it. Yeah, I know. I think I need NHL credentials. <laughs> I'll sort them all out. No, it's one of them things. But like I said, it can only get better. It's, we've just got to have patience. Exactly. That's the, key, that's the key to this, and the amount of fans that have been calling out for a rebuild, like a full rebuild, like trade everyone type rebuild there are also the same people that have no patience with the Bruins yeah. you so, gotta fit the pieces and not clean the slate yeah yeah, so just a little bit of patience and everything will be sorted out but we've just gotta keep going <laughs> I, I kind of I want them to either next season we're either going to be a playoff team or we're going to be a bottom five team. That's what I want. Yep. But like, if we're nowhere near the playoffs by trade deadline, get rid of some guys. Like, you have to. You're going to have to prepare yourself. Yeah. But at the same time, it's the same people that are saying, oh, you should trade this guy and trade that guy. And when it gets to trade deadline and there's only one team that wants this player and you get a really bad deal for it. Mm-hmm. Then the fans all come out again, and then they're oh, changing yeah. their tunes, and then the the uh, profile pictures get changed, and it's, yeah, <laughs> they're now a Edmonton Oilers fan or a bloody Jeez. Washington Capitals fan. But 
I'm I'm kind of glad because you you've seen, I think you've seen the Bruins fan base go from being so high from 2011, and it, it just seems to be it, it's dropped down a bit now. Yep. You kind of got the more core fans who actually follow the team compared to guys who probably wouldn't know who Gregory Campbell is now right. or wouldn't know Sean, like the role that Sean Thornton had on the Bruins or so it's kind of good but at the same time them fans are going to come back one day and yeah, they'll I, I, be ready for it I, 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 I always say I get everybody's passion and so on but you know, uh, there's a lot of people I talk to when we when we do have you know calm, knowledgeable conversations that they just don't understand. Uh, that, uh, and that goes with myself too. I don't understand sometimes where the direction's going, but I do get the angle. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, there's you, a lot of people I talk to that freak to out. Do. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of people that just freak out, like you said. They just don't want. They're impatient. They want to win every year. You know, every October it's Stanley Cup or bust. Yeah, yeah. You know, but there's other people that say uh, we understand the 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 retooling and um and the restocking of prospects and and the willingness to wait for these guys to mature fully to be NHL pros. I mean NHL players that you know. I un- I understand it. I just lost my whole point, but yeah. But the good thing is that next year, when you've got like you've got half a season of seeing these guys in the AHL that have come from college, and you've got half a year of seeing guys like Zarnik and Hargrove and just everyone who looks like they should be NHL ready for a team, right? But but there's no room for them. If we're not in the playoff picture, trade guys, let them have NHL time. Mm-hmm. Like the Toronto's doing it now. Like Good example. Every, every time that they're not in the playoff picture, they know they're not going to be in the playoff picture at a certain time. Someone gets traded, and that job goes to a guy from the AHL. So that that's what we need to do. We need to go from being an old-time hockey franchise to being an exciting young speed. Yeah. All exactly. kinds of you know good attributes, but you, <laughs> you just need that complete team. Like you can't, like everyone's saying, trade certain guys for skilled scoring forwards. But why? We had what was it? The second most offensive team in the league last year was offensive. Uh, yeah, fifth. Well, fifth, but we dropped down from number two. I think yeah. late on yeah. in the year. Yeah, so. And that decent power play added to the, all those. Oh yeah, that that power play was incredible last year. Last year, yeah, it was. Like you've not seen a power play like that for the Bruins since long time. Bobby Orr days, right? So that it, that's a good sign, though. I really think that is a good sign that they are starting to pay more attention to how other teams around the league do it. Because you saw. You saw more one-time options on the point. Uh, I mean, Colin Miller's first goal of the season was proof of that, where Tory Krug went up to him and said, swap positions with me, I'll set you up for a one-timer if I get the puck. Yeah. And before last season, you'd never see a defenceman do that because they didn't have the free reign to be able to do that. 
it, it's a good point. There was a lot. There was a lot longer leash on players last year, where they were allowed to do a lot more of what they wanted than what the coach wanted to do. So <sighs> we got about ten minutes left, um, yeah. and I wanted to touch on this one. Uh, this was a day ago from the todayslapshot.com. Um, David Krejci reportedly warned against World Cup participation. Um, Krejci has been warned by doctors not to push it and play in the upcoming international event in Toronto. And that was according to his doctor and not team doctors. Which, I mean, it's got to go both ways, I would think. If, if, they're, if one's advising, I think the other should too. you got to protect your investment, you yeah. know what I mean? Oh yeah, you can't. Like I, I know it's you're playing for your country, and every player loves to play for the country. But at the same time, if you're getting paid seven million dollars to play for a team, you want to be healthy for that team. You yeah. don't want that seven million dollars sat on the shelf. And that's and but, that's my that's my exact my point too is you know, yes, yeah, respect the respect the feeling that you get when you represent your country, but. I'm always thinking at one of these tournaments that is not sanctioned by the NHL is going to be one of these players that gets severely hurt. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, I hate to think like this, but it's like, oh, God, World Cup's coming up. And then you look at all the players that are going, it's like, oh, Jesus. David Krejci just had hip surgery and he wants to play. I mean, who knows if some ass... I can't swear on the show, I'm sorry, but who knows if some jackass... You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Nip at this hip and see see what happens. And that could, yeah. you know, turn into a, a, a long-term, you know, LTIR position. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's going to happen one day. It really is. And with World Cup of Hockey now starting and probably going to be every few years and it, it's bound to happen with one team's player and as soon as it happens once that's when you need to start clamping down on it because it, we're going to end up seeing superstars out of the league because they played one of these tournaments and something went wrong right so, but it's like you look at um, what's the girl's name from uh who played at the Winter Classic? Oh yeah, I oh, I don't remember her name. It was, that was tragic. Yeah, I, you, you look at that, and that wasn't like a a major game or anything. It was more of like a showmanship type thing. And right, look what, look what happened there. So, and that that is that was the worst news to come in a long time that that had happened. Because I, I mean, that brought me back to Travis Roy from Boston <clears throat> University. Yeah, that was that. Just, I watched that game too, and that was geez, that was awful. Yeah, you never and, like to see hits like that. That just it really scares me. Yeah, and the bad thing is we see that in the NHL all the time. Them kind of hits and yeah. these kind of injuries, and you see guys getting like three game suspensions and maybe a small fine. Yep, but they need to start clamping down on it because it, it is getting worse. So, but that's why I'm glad a guy like Ronaldo is not going to be on the team next season because he'll be down in Providence. Because <laughs> I don't, 
I don't I don't want to play like that on our team just making us look stupid. Yeah. That's what that's why I've been saying don't give Marshan seven million at seven years. Because yeah. if he does something really bad one day, you're gonna regret it. Yep, and, and it always goes back to my thing. If you want to play big bad Bruins hockey, it's not just with your fists. It's also a lot of skill involved. So if you can get a player that has you know potential to get a couple goals and dishes the puck and then maybe 150 minutes, whatever. But let's not rely on players that just go out there and just. I mean, to me, it's a waste of a roster spot. You yeah. know, I mean that that a player's roster spot like that should be cycled through to, you know, some of the kids that are going. Give these guys a chance. Give them ten minutes of ice instead of five. I can kind of see why we went out and got him, not for the price that we paid for him, but I can see why we went out and got him because he was. They wanted to rebuild that Millaw line again, didn't they? Like I, you saw, I think so, you saw but... it. Well, you you saw it with. Uh, who was on that line? There was him, uh, Randall, and who was the other guy? Thought it was Kelly. Well, yeah. So you've got a centerman that used to play on the Molo line, and then you've got a guy who had a similar job to a guy who used to be on the Molo line. And yeah, then y- you Jonas Kampainen a... played a lot in there too. Yeah, and then you have a guy like. Randall, who's Sean Thornton-style guy who can pretty much do everything. So I could see them rebuilding it, but now now I can't. Not with the signings that we made, like Riley Nash. And it, it looks like we're going for four lines of skilled forwards. I like it. I like I it. I do as well. Hey, we but, got about five minutes. Is there anything you want to touch on that uh, we talked about on the off-air show? Uh, yeah. Are there any players from the Providence Bruins that you see making the NHL team this season? I liked what you talked about earlier in Austin Zarnick. I know he only played one year out of college um, in the AHL last year, and I thought all the games that I watched him play, he was very impressive. Um, Defense still tough. Uh, obviously, the, the the sexy name is Brandon Carlo on the back end. Um, I'm still waiting to see him, but you know, like I said before in previous podcasts, the Bruins definitely have more information about him than I do. But yeah, more of a prove it prove it kind of guy to me. Yeah, he's got to earn that spot. He can't just walk in there. How about you? Uh, there's a there's a couple of guys, but. I want to see Hargrove get a shot. Okay, gritty. I want to, yeah, I want to see him get a bit of fourth line minutes. Not, not like a permanent NHL contract fourth liner guy, but like a guy who can step up in an injury and take that fourth line spot and roll with it. You, you um, could see a, you could see a lot of him in the preseason games. Yeah, I'm, he could I'm get a real good audition they, then. Yeah, I'm hoping they use him quite a bit and see how he does because he is that complete gritty forward that just he's going to pester another team like he's going to forecheck he's going to get in there use his body uh, there's a Grizzly may make an appearance like if there's an injury on the blue line see I I've been saying all along I think Carlo should get a full year in the AHL 
Even yeah, I believe so too. I'm right he, with you. Even if he's playing well, let him get a feel for the game at this level because he hasn't played at this level. So mm-hmm. I, I don't want to see him come up this season, even though everyone thinks he's this next wonder kid on the blue line. But <laughs> I, I don't see it. He just, to me, he's more of a stay-at-home guy. And I think people think he's more of a two-way guy who's going to just make insane passes and score 20 goals. But I don't think he will be. Yeah, I, I see that cannon of a shot. I, he, he's just tough. He's a big, tough kid. And he's got a yeah. lot of talent on the back end. Um, I just don't see him like moving the puck very well. You yeah. know, he's, he's got a lot to work on as well. If a guy like Oscar Steen just made him look silly, him. made him yeah. and Wiley Sherman look silly. Yeah, and that's from a what was he sixth round pick? Uh yes, because we did have a seventh. Yeah, we traded so, it. There you go. That's a that's a good depth sign in there. Uh, I. I'm not sure. I want to see Austin Zarnick get some time. I really do. Same here. Uh, that could happen at the beginning of the season. The Creatry out, but I doubt it. Um, and then Griffith. Griffith is my main guy that I want to see play nearly an entire year in the NHL. Same here. <clears throat> I re- I hope he makes it. I really do. See, he's the if you're playing David Backus at centre. Give him a guy like Griffith, who's a bit smaller, but it has great hands, great speed, a good shot. Yeah, and but, can and can lead up the center, up the right side, and leave Bacchus, you know, the trail guy. Yeah, or have Bacchus at the net like he usually does, and yep. shoot for Bacchus. Yep. Give him tippings, feed him all day long. But yeah, we know Griffith can hit somebody's neck. You might as well hit Bacchus's stick. Exactly. All right, that's that. You know, I'm not making fun of injuries or anything like that. That was more. Yeah. You know. But uh, yeah, I think Griff Griff is a guy. I just want to see get a shot, and he deserves a shot. Uh, and I'll always go back to that goal against Corey Schneider. That. Oh, uh, that was sick. Yeah. That oh, in between busted the legs, right. Oh, right through end. the defense. Oh, it was oh. sick. That, that was dirty and the fact that he never got uh, I don't think did he even play any games after that game I think I'm he went straight sure. back down to Providence after that game so I, I think we need to see more of him if you want four lines of skilled forwards I'd probably rather have him on the fourth line instead of Randall right so yeah but at the same time it's all up in the air and it's not our decision so we just have to wait and see, unfortunately. But hockey is one week closer than it was last week, so I know, wicked excited. Just and I just, I just counting it down. I just hope something um, goes on soon, um, so we can get some more news. I really want to continue doing this weekly. Yeah. Well, but the thing is, next next Sunday will be one day away from Vasey Watch. Yep. So we'll, fi- we'll probably find out what he does. Well, I think he's going to take longer, but we'll probably find what he does on Monday the 15th. That's right, and that's your birthday. Oh, yeah, so we'll have to have some birthday beers on next week's podcast. 
I had one. You didn't have any beers today? Well, I had my beers at hockey. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, my M- MVP pack of beer. Yeah. So. Everybody, I just, I heard earlier before the podcast, uh, my boy Rob Tomlin made a kick-ass save to, at the end of the game, to pretty much seal the deal on the win. Yeah, comeback victory. It was a, a good feeling today. Nice. A lot more happy than I was, so. Congrats, yeah. man. Oh, it's an awesome feeling. Can't beat playing hockey. Yeah. Although watching the NHL would be a close second. So yeah, exactly. It really <laughs> needs to hurry up. We're just but, like we're two junkies waiting for the game to start. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I really can't wait. But preseason's not that far away, so at least we're gonna see guys that are gonna be stepping up soon in preseason. So and uh, yeah. Uh, I I really think preseason is going to be mean a lot more this season. I think there's going to be jobs available for guys, so they got to show it. Yeah, you got to go out there and win it. Oh, one last thing, right? Uh, I saw you shared a thing from the hockey writers, and it was something about who's going to be the next, who's going to have a breakout year with the Bruins. Yes. So, in your opinion, which player will have a breakout year this season? Oh, I I I know that uh, the the writer, my colleague at the hockey writers. Oh no, it wasn't the hockey writers. It was SI dot com. Oh. They picked. Um, they picked. Well, they listed um, Frank Vitrano as as being a breakout player for the Bruins this year. Yeah, I really hope that happens. The kids, the kid definitely has skill. He's got game. He's proved it in every level. But well, I just more consistency is is my thing, you know. And I want to see. I mean, in his thirty games in the NHL, or or thirty forty games in the NHL. I mean, eight was it five to eight goals? I'm not really not overly sure, but yeah, it, I, I want to see more production. Yeah, and and his game and his game away from the puck has to step up. But you saw him in the AHL; he was unstoppable. Yeah, I mean the guy so, played thirty eight games and got thirty eight goals, or thirty five games and got thirty five goals. I mean yeah. that's impressive. So, and now you've got an assistant coach who was coaching that Providence Bruins team. Exactly. So you may see a bit more. Of that offensive game that Providence had last year, I hope so. so. I mean, the way that they set up in the zone last year with uh, Vitrano open for a one-timer was—I I really like that. They let him go in on the right side when they came into the zone, and he'd sit there on the face-off dot and just wait for the puck. So I'm yep. hoping for more of that kind of play. Uh, my guy to be—I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick breakout player and also who I think is going to be MVP of the season for the Bruins. So, breakout player, I'm going to say, I'm going to be really controversial here. There's going to be an injury. Austin Zarnick's going to come up and I think he's just going to show off his skills. Because he seems like that player that 
if given the chance, he'd just yep. go He's, all out. Yeah, look, I mean, just look what he did in the AHL after leaving the NCAA for you know four years. Stepped yep. right in. Great player, but uh, MVP of the year. Uh, I'm gonna pick someone that probably half of the fans aren't gonna enjoy this. Uh, Tuka Rask. Ooh. <laughs> with with, with Hudobin being there, I think it's going to push him a bit more. And I really think, not that he needs pushing, I think it was more of the defensive lapses last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't, I really can't totally blame. Day, can't yeah. totally blame the defense, but you know. Well, I, I, three three years and thirty wins each season. Yep. So he's he's up there with some of the so-called elite goaltenders around the league. Yep. So I I really think he's going to have a really good season. I'm going to. I think predict, so. I think so too. I'm going to predict thirty-five wins from him. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Hopefully that can put us in a playoff spot. Hopefully. Right. I like but, it. Yeah. Who would you, your MVP of the season, who do you think it'll be? Oh, it's a tough one. I mean, I, I really want to see, I want to see Rask do really well, but just to shut everybody up. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I really want to see Bolesky. I thought oh, Bolesky yeah. had a great game last year. He showed, you know, that he could fit that Bruin style player. I mean, he, and he walked right into a, a a role that was, you know, tough for his first year. But I, I'd like to see him. I, I think he has potential of uh, breaking the thirty goal mark this year. He was a he was snake bitten last year as well. Right. Right. The the amount of posts and like players' legs that he hit. Yeah. Like it, it was painful to watch because you knew it was just gonna keep getting worse until he scored a goal. So it's he's one of them guys, yeah, he, you can see it in him that he has it in him to be a lot better than he is. Exactly. So I I'm hoping for a lot better stuff from him this season. But can you what what role do you think he's going to have though like I could see at the beginning of the season him playing alongside Bacchus and Pasternak yeah that's that wouldn't be a bad line that'd be a filthy line yeah uh, I think that would be insane so, so I mean so what would your top line be would it be uh, Berge uh, Marshy on the left and would you put Petrano at the right oh Griff Griff wow yeah. I'd put Griff up there. Wow, that, that's a that's a. He, he added some re, like needed speed to that line when he played there. Yeah, and uh, him and Marshand seemed to connect really well when he played on that line. So I'd definitely put Griff up there. And he got that quarterback with Bergeron that's always looking pass. Yeah, that that's that, that, that would well pass to the left hand side because he can't pass to the right. Right. So yeah, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then another guy that I could see having another breakout season is Jimmy Hayes as well. Oh, uh, he, he's got to do it. He, I mean, he's got to do something this year, or, or they're just gonna kill him and the organization again for trading 
Riley Smith. I mean, yeah. I thought it was dumb in the first place, but whatever. Yeah, but see, it's always it always goes back to that. But there's, there's that Savard contract in there as well. Yeah, I know. I I agree with that. I just don't yeah. like the the fact is that you know they just like oh he's from Boston he'll he'll be a great fit here. Oh yeah yeah. You know I, stop that. Just stop. The, you know. There there was a there was a lot better players on that team that you could have kind of got instead. Absolutely. So, and especially the way it turned out. I know everything's a gamble, but just look at Smith's numbers last year. He definitely improved on a new team. Yeah, and he's just got a. Big Another five-year deal too. Yeah, yeah. And so. didn't the? Uh, I thought someone had said he's uh, alternate captain as well for them now. Wow. I think that's what I'd read somewhere. I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Right. But, uh, yeah, that's just like it, it. It was a bad deal, but at the same time, it gave us some like really needed cap room. Yeah, no, so, I, it makes sense. It makes sense. It, like you wouldn't have seen Bacchus here if Savard's contract hadn't have gone. So, but well, it's just looking forward to what crazy adventures we're going to get on this season. Yeah, oh, shit. who's, who's going to go and prove all the Boston fans wrong? Yeah, so, look forward to it. Yeah. All right. We're going to end the show now. I want to thank you very much for tuning in. As always, we appreciate the support. Uh, you can follow me at uh, on Twitter at THW Black and Gold. And you can follow Rob at Rob40Bruins. And yeah. a quick, just a quick thing. I want to give a shout out to these guys. This, this is a Bruins Beat podcast. I'm going to be appearing on their podcast tonight, and uh, I wanted to uh, just give a shout-out to Jason, Kevin, and Mike. Those guys do a great job, and I highly suggest that you, you find a podcatcher to get their show because they they do a, an awesome job. I'm a, I'm a weekly listener when they're do the you know when they on, but it's worth it. Oh, yeah, so it should be fun. I can't wait to talk to those guys. We're going to talk uh, prospects and, you know, and, and Bruins. I, I just love it. It's a... Uh... It's become a bit of a bug as the uh, podcast scene for you, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, brother, I encourage you reaching out. And t- if you want to talk to any of these guys, I can set you up if you're interested. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll love having you know, the English voice on that. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody loves it. I'm telling you. We talked about it on the, po- on the Scuttlepuck podcast on Monday. I'm like, people love the podcast. Cause the first thing they say is the voices. I mean, it's my accent and your English. Well, and, and, yeah. and and Mike Mike Bond, the, one of the hosts of the Scuttle Park, it was just like, oh yeah, it's very entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> so. just, I, I'm surprised we understand each other perfectly. I know, like, I, I I understand you. I, I word for word, I can understand what you're saying. Exactly. Just but you get you get you get somebody on the phone to fix your iPhone that's like in another country. You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, dude. All right. Well, thanks again, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll we, we we should be back next week. Yeah, definitely. All right, take care, brother. I'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you soon, brother. Thanks for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please join us next week for another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material. 